I believe there's great work that's not being shared Mm -hmm. because we're so afraid that we're self-promoting. And so we're keeping it on the inside. But there is hope and there is a way to do this where you are getting a message out there and you're doing it as yourself and you're doing it in a way that feels right. Well, that feels good. You mean you may not have to choose between having few readers or feeling icky by talking about yourself? Yeah, there's another way. That's this episode of the Hope Writer Podcast. Welcome to Episode 2 of Season 2 of the Hope Writer Podcast. Whether you're a dreamer, a beginner, longtime blogger, future author, or already published, if you want your writing to give others hope, we want to give you hope. Welcome home. This episode, how to never self-promote again. We love to write, but it's easy to hate what it seems like we have to do in order to get somebody to read what we write. It's just super uncomfortable when you think you have to wave a big flag saying, Hey, everybody, look at me. Well, if self-promotion feels icky to you, this episode is for you. It might even change how you think about promotion and marketing because the Hope Writer view might be very different from how you think right now. And when we're done, you might even find yourself a little excited about the idea of working to get your writing in front of readers. The Hope Writer podcast is brought to you by Hope Writers, an online membership community for writers of hope. We started Hope Writers because we know how lonely and overwhelming this writing life can be. And right now, you can go inside Hope Writers for a week for $1. Just visit hopewriters.com trial to join Hope Writers for one week for a buck. Your hosts on the podcast and at Hope Writers are sisters and authors Emily P. Freeman and Michael and Smith. They've blogged for 10 years and written a bunch of books. Marketing and tech guru Brian Dixon, who also writes books. And I'm Gary Moreland, Michael and Emily's dad. My first book will be in bookstores next summer. In the previous episode of the Hope Writer podcast, you heard answers to the question, how do I find time to write? You heard how to work with your family to find time, how to take advantage of the two different kinds of time. You learned why you should not tell people your big writing plans, and you discovered why following the love might be the secret to finding time to write. That's the previous episode, episode one of season two on the Hope Writer podcast, How to Find Time to Write. In this episode, how to never self-promote again. Where does faith come in when it comes to promoting and marketing your writing? Is it unspiritual to promote your work? Do you ever feel like, well, if God wants people to read my work, he'll get it to them? Is that the spiritual way to look at it? Where does that feeling come from? I think it comes from a heart of someone who really longs to get the message out and has a real heart for people, but someone who is maybe uncomfortable with what that requires to get that message out. It doesn't come from a conscious place, but I think deep down there's more going on. When we call sharing our work self-promotion, we get into a world of trouble. (laughs) Oh, to be in kindergarten (laughs) and to be working on my construction paper thing and knowing that I'm going to run home and give it to my mom and say, look, mom, look what I made. And she puts it on the fridge and everyone's excited. We would never say that a kindergartner is self-promoting. It's not promoting himself. We're just going to say he's a kid and he was excited about something he made and he made it for his mom and she put it on the fridge. But when we grow up and we make something for somebody and then we, we go to share that thing, all of a sudden we get weird. And part of the reason why we get weird, I think, is because some people do share it wrong and a lot of people are self-promoting. I mean, we see people all the time who are gross about it. And I think that's, we're so afraid that we would be that way that we then clump all sharing of work 
into this category of, well, that's self-promotion and we want nothing to do with that. So we go the opposite way and say, well, if God wants this message to get out, then he'll just have to do it. And you know, that would be nice. If God wanted me to eat dinner, he'll just have to make it. There's a something in the middle there that we need to talk about. And it's it can be un, a little uncomfortable talking about this yeah. because it sounds like, it, it can sound like, Oh, so they're they're taking the spiritual part out of it, or they're and I think like that's why it's hard to talk about. It's because there is spiritual part, there is faith involved. There's also a lot of hard work, and so where what does that look like? What is that tension? Let's talk about it. Let's see, taking the spiritual part. So let's say let's leave the spiritual part in. If you were going to leave the spiritual part in, then be consistent then with the rest yes. of your life on how you approach other things that way. Or, or just the way that you look at the spiritual part. Like that's the problem from a biblical perspective. So what did God do with people's efforts in the Bible? I would bring it back there and go, show me an example of something in the Bible where just magically God was like, here you go, and just handed something to people. Like it's very rare. It does happen sometimes, but I would I would even dive into that example. I've recently been reading Joseph. That's been my, my month of just reading Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. And I, I noticed that not one time does anyone say like Joseph was a hard worker or Joseph was a good reader? Like they never talk about Joseph's effort, which I found was really interesting because we assume that he worked really hard. And I think he probably did, but it was always, he was blessed because God was with him. That's what it says it like 12 times. But, but most of, so that might be my one exception, but most of the other ones, like for example, uh, Jesus is one of his miracles of the feeding the 5,000. The kid had to have the fish, right? The mom gave the kid the fish and the bread and then he brought it. To, he had to show up to the thing with all the people and then he had to present the basket. Like there was some preparation that had to happen before the miracle. And I think a lot of us just want the miracle without the preparation. And so that's where the work comes in. And the rest of that story would be too, the Lord could have made all the food appear before the 5,000. If he wanted them to have the food, right. he could give it to them. But yeah. what he did was he told the disciples, you give it to them. And he had them to distribute it. And it wasn't their job to control the outcome. Like, 5,000 people ate, or 5,000 men, and then more people maybe mm-hmm. ate. And that is true. That is what happened. But no one would say like, well, I, I'm not, I don't need 5,000 people to eat. I just have this, these two fish. And what's the, what is it? How many breads yeah. and fishes? <laughs> I just have this yeah. little bit of food. And that's, all, and that's okay. But it's like, well, you got to bring it. You got to bring it to the Lord. It's, and it, granted, I mean, I agree that the outcome isn't our job. But that doesn't mean you don't still bring the food to Jesus. And that's the thing about being a hope writer. There is faith involved. There is, we do account for the fact that we're not doing this thing alone, that we're wanting to not just bring a message, but it's a message of hope. And it can muddy the waters for some of us because we are so afraid that we are promoting ourselves or bringing the spotlight on ourselves. But there is, there is hope and there is a way to do this where you are getting a message out there and you're doing it as yourself and you're doing it in a way that feels right. And I think sometimes what I've had to learn is sometimes I have to do it in a way that the industry says and it doesn't feel right to me and I have to back up and try a different thing that feels right to me. I'm not saying like do everything that the marketing gurus say you should do to share your message. That might not be right for you. But I am saying don't throw it all out. You're still doing something. Yeah. And it's working for you. You have to try something and then see if that feels like you. And if it doesn't, try something different. But I think we're afraid to try stuff and do things. I also wonder if we're equating sharing our message with self-promoting, what does that say about what we believe about our message? 
because I think that those are two totally different things. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me mad when, when you're lumped into, so I guess everyone is self-promoting that everyone has ever heard of. Like, I don't right. think that way at all. If I write a post about how to choose paint colors, which I know it's not Jesus-y, but I just know like, this is a great post that'll help people that want to learn about paint colors. So how do I find those people so they know what to do? That's not self-promotion. Right. No one thinks like, oh, there's the Nestor tweeting about her paint colors again. She's so it's self-promoting. all about me. Yeah. What in the world? No one would say that. It, here's two things I hope. One thing is, I hope that we make this such a deal that whenever any of you listening <laughs> hear someone say, gosh, I just really have this thing I want to write about, but I don't want to share it because I don't like to self-promote. Stop calling it that. I hope you will. I hope you will say hold please, I have a podcast for you to listen to. But even more than that, I hope you won't even mention the podcast. I hope you'll, you will so mm-hmm. believe that what we're saying Embrace is true. Embrace it yourself. That you will then right. say to them, oh, wait, it's not self-promotion. And you will then replicate this concept because it's so important because I believe there's great work that's not being shared mm-hmm. because we're so afraid that we're self-promoting. And so we're keeping it on the inside. Mm-hmm. And here's my second thing I was going to say that came to mind. Let's say I write a journal. I'm writing in my journal. I write in my journal every day. It's about me and my big self. That's fine. Write in your journal. I write in a journal. I don't share it with anyone. But let's say I decide one day I want you to read my journal. And I'm like, everyone, read my journal. Guess what that is? Self-promotion. It's all about me. I did not have a reader in mind except for myself. But when I write something on the internet, or when I write a book, or when I write an article, I'm not writing with just myself in mind. I'm writing with a reader in mind. So therefore, if I'm going to share it, it's as a gift to that reader. And if it feels like self-promotion, like you said, Michael, and I have to ask myself the question, who did I have in mind when I was writing that blog post? Because the reason why maybe it feels like I'm self-promoting when I share it, maybe I had the wrong person in mind. Maybe I was thinking about myself. That then becomes a question about my writing motive when I wrote in the first place, not about sharing it or not. So if, if I have, if I, if I keep a reader in mind and it's a gift, sharing it becomes easy because then I've, I've already created this it's thing normal. for you and I want to give it to you. Why wouldn't you do that? Why That's why you, you made that? it. You're That's not, why you made it. You're not done until they have the gift that you created for them. And they need it. You're and not it, self-promoting. You're saying you're solution promoting. Okay, preach. you're going. So you're going. Hey, yes. I used to struggle with that, but I discovered something, and so here's my story. And through my story, you can learn how to discover that solution too. And so, of course, you're going to be like, "Here's a solution, and it's awesome." Like I'm the guy that's like I'm in the store and I see they don't have some sort of solution. I'm like, "Did you guys know about this?" Like I'm promoting something that I'm just excited about because it works. And I think that's what our writing should be. We should be talking to people and saying, if you struggle with this, this is going to help you. And in no way is that self-promotion, even if it happened to you. And here's something else I'll say. For anyone who's a memoir writer or a fiction writer, it's the same thing. I think when you write mm-hmm. memoir, you're, you're still writing it with a reader in mind. Because if you weren't, you would just write it in your own journal for your mm-hmm. own self. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason why you're sharing your story. There's a reason why you're sharing the scenes from your life. It's because you have someone in mind. And it might be indirect. You might not would call it a solution. But that's what it is on some level. Even if it's just connection or something, there's a gift in it for the reader. And if, there's, if, if it feels weird to share... You need to question, well what, well, what is the gift? Figure out what the gift is so that you can share it in a really honest and generous kind of a way. When I hear someone say, you don't like self-promotion, there's a little part of me that thinks, 
Is that what you're doing? Right. When you're wanting someone to read what you write, are you wanting them to read because you need them to read what you wrote for you? So it's really about you and you're afraid of that, that's what you don't want to do in a million years. But when you call it that, it almost sounds like... It's very telling. You're admitting, I'm not saying that you are doing this, but it sounds like you're admitting that it really is all about you. And it's not about what you have for someone else. It's not about wanting to give them a gift or that you've created something for them. It's about needing the affirmation of being wanted and needed. You have to believe that you have something to offer people, to give them, that is going to help them, that is going to make a difference. And if you do, you are not done until you tell them and until they get it. But if you don't have that for them and it is just for you, don't tell them then. Right. Don't self-promote. <laughs> okay, so here's a little trick. As you're about to post something or share something on Facebook, say it out loud, this post is for, and then fill in the blank. This post is for a single mom. This post is for a newlywed. This post is for a, uh, a young mom struggling with X, whatever it happens to be. And when you look at it through that, that lens, then of course you want to solution promote and not self-promote. You want to say, hey, if, you, if you're a mom struggling with postpartum depression, you know, I wrote my story and you should check it out over here. And then you can even say, hey, if you know somebody else, you should share that with them because it's going to help them. It's going to make their day. It's going to, you know, it's going to improve their life situation. That's never self-promotion. When you go, this is for the challenge is sometimes we write and we go, I'm writing it because I haven't posted for a while. And we go to us, mm -hmm. right? right? This post is for me because I want to show off that I did <laughs> right. this or I want to mm -hmm. say, look at this. Mm -hmm. And in even, even promotion, things like that, I, I still think you can go, how can this help somebody else today? How can this encourage somebody else today? And then just fill in the blank. This post is for. I mean, I would never say ignore those icky feelings. If you're feeling icky, there might be a reason. Right. And so the very thing you just said, think twice before you share. But don't have it be for a false, a false humility mm -hmm. that doesn't have to be there. You know, I, I would never say to ignore that. But it is like, let's reevaluate and see where this is really coming from. And probably nine times out of ten, you'll be able to share it. And because you clarified why you're sharing it in the first place. I'm so grateful that Leanna Tankersley talked about her book. Right. She didn't stop with writing her book because her book changed my life. And my goodness, if she wouldn't have promoted it, I would never have heard you it. You wouldn't know about it. Yeah. Yeah. So think about the people who you know of, which and is think everyone. And <laughs> think about how you know of them. It's yeah. because you had to hear about them. And that was yeah. some type of... You can call it promotion. I don't even think of it as promotion. I just think of like sharing, sharing awesome stuff. I hear this a lot of people saying like, you know, I don't really have a marketing plan like for my book or my launch. I just want it to be spread by word of mouth. Yeah, that's what everybody wants. <laughs> yeah. like, that be your great. mouth might have to start it. Right. Your word of mouth might have to be the first words that come out of your mouth. And I, I mean, I remember feeling mm. that way. I think right. we would all love that. Right. It'd be great. It's less work. Guess what my job is? My job as the author is to make your job as the mouth easier. Mm -hmm. So it's my job to give you the words that are easy to remember and say, so that then you can share with your friend and they can share with their friend and it sticks. But if I don't start it, then who knows what you'll say. In fact, you won't say anything because I didn't start it. <laughs> Word of yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's an article in the Hope Writers uh, Library, and it's a story of if you uh, had a lifelong dream of uh, being a lifeguard, and you've, you've just always wanted to save lives, 
And so you go to the beach and you apply for the lifeguard job and you get the job and you go to your first day at work and they say, okay, and they point to the lifeguard chair where you're supposed to go sit and it's a big tall chair and it's got the red cross symbol on it and it's colored red and you can see it all up and down the beach and so you tell your boss you know you've got your job your dream job and you go you know i'm a little uncomfortable with that big tall chair that everybody can see all up and down the beach and you know up and down the beach there's these arrows too that point to it you know that so that everyone will know where the lifeguard is you know that's that makes me feel a little bit icky so maybe if it would be okay, you know, I don't really want to sit up there. I'd rather sit down here in one of these, you know, beach chairs like everybody else has. And because I don't want it to be all about me. And you know what your boss would say to you if you said that. He'd say, well, you're already making it all about you. You said you wanted to be a lifeguard. How are people going to have their lives saved if they don't know where you are? Mm-hmm. You're trying to hide from it? Or you think because it's all about you? Is that what you really think? Or do you think it's about saving lives? Because if you think it's about saving lives, you need to get up in that chair so that you can do your job and so that people know where you are and know where to get help. Otherwise, you're not a lifeguard. Okay, so can we talk about what I think some people are thinking, which is... This is where it gets weird, everyone. So let's just go. Let's go there. Oh, this is going to be good. What I is know. It? I feel weird already. <laughs> I do too. I'm uncomfortable. Forget it. Chase the weird. Um, That's what um, Annie um, Down says. We're going to. No, she said um, chase. Um, not listening. <laughs> everyone just turned it off or they turned it up. So, but here's, here's what we know. This is why it's uncomfortable because so many people do it wrong. And there are, we do, we know people. We know Christians, oh, Brian. Yeah. We right. know Christians yeah. who so self- promote and it's all about them and their celebrity christian and part of it's not their fault part of it's my fault because i put them there on this pedestal and your fault because you do the same so we we see it there people are in the spotlight and now a lot of times they're not necessarily self-promoting other people are promoting themselves however that english (laughs) is right so i think that needs to be brought up that it's like listen this is not coming out of nowhere that people are afraid to self-promote it's because we see it done and it makes us sick to our stomachs that we we so don't want to do that that we go the opposite direction and too far i think mm-hmm. we go but so i've brought it up into the mm, into the middle of the beautiful. table and now you guys can you talk can about do it, it poorly and you can do it in ways that are that are not healthy that are not good for you and that are not good for other people and if you do that everybody knows it and you look bad and you're not accomplishing what your purpose is and so you're afraid of that yeah. you're afraid of doing that so you don't do anything the challenge with what you just said, which uh, uh, where I think that comes from is a publishing schedule that you have a two book deal, you have to write the second book or they're a pastor. And so they have to write their book because they have their sermon series coming out. Like I think it's or or Instagram, um, Facebook, it's like I haven't posted for three days, I have to put something out. It's this external pressure of putting something into a schedule instead of thinking of what does my audience need and what what is coming from my heart that I need to share? And so that's where it gets fake, right? right? The fake is because it's uh, according to a schedule, according to a calendar. And I'm not saying don't have a schedule, but I'm saying <laughs> when you have a schedule, look at it and go, who am I gonna talk to today and what am I gonna share that he or she needs to hear? And that's why, where it gets really self-promoting. I think that it comes, it, it all comes down to the question of fear and love. That mm-hmm. when we are being motivated by fear, I think that's when some of that stuff comes out and it gets really wonky. But even if we have a schedule, even if we have a two book deal, even if we have a congregation waiting for the next message, that if it comes from a place, place of love, everyone knows it. Like you, we know the difference you can between feel it. fear and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's funny how how we're made, isn't it? That two people can say the same words or write the same words, but there's something in human beings that we can feel where it's coming from. I don't know how we can tell the difference in that, but it should give us confidence that people can tell the difference. So be confident that if you can come from a Mm -hmm. confident, healthy, spiritual place, that it will be perceived that way. It'll be, people can sense it. I agree with that, but I also wonder, I think there are some people that, feel like anyone, anytime someone talks about something they did, right. that's self-promotion. They're like throwing the flag. They yeah. Call so it they're that. like, oh, there yeah. you are. I don't want to ever have to talk about Well, and so I do I'm, think some people think yeah, that. Yeah. We have to know that, you know what? Some people might think you're self-promoting. That's yeah. right. I, I'm glad you said that because I was actually thinking that too, that there are some people who are always going to think that you sharing your stuff is you self-promoting and we can't change that. And I, because right. I do think that's true. Right. And the evidence of you whether or not you're self-promoting is not necessarily in if people think you're self-promoting. If no one thinks it, right. If no one thinks it. I would say if everyone, I mean, I'd say, look, you know, (laughs) there's definitely going to be, I would say people who believe in your message and believe in you, if they sense a self-promoting thing in you, hopefully they'd be honest with you. But if it's people who don't really get what you're doing anyway, it's usually those people who are like, oh, well, she's just talking about her thing and she's just self-promoting. A lot of times it's just, it's people who you, probably isn't your audience anyway and so they just don't get it so you'll have to it take it'll take courage and it'll take confidence and it'll take grace to yeah. uh not have someone sidetrack you that way because yeah. i don't want everyone to ever be able to say that about me therefore i will never do anything you can't do anything you right? can't do anything mm-hmm. right you can't do anything and another thing that complicates it i keep bringing up complications it's my specialty <laughs> is a lot of times the people who would maybe by my definition be self-promoting, they're rewarded for it. A lot of times they can be pretty successful Mm -hmm. people. And Mm -hmm. I think living in the United States of America, we live in a country of self-promoters who become famous by self-promoting. And I would call that, you know, like I think that you can become famous that way. I don't know if you would call it successful. I think that we all get our own definitions of what success is, but that can be hard to swallow because you see someone who's, if you're trying to do this thing in an authentic way that's really serving an audience and you're trying to be generous and you want to offer a gift and then you're doing it this way and then you see someone else who seems to be kind of self-promoting um, doing it and it's all about them and then they get super big and they get known for that thing. It can be hard to stay in your own lane. Um, but which one do you want to live with? You know, it's like, well, I just have to live here and I have to know what self-promotion is for me and what that looks like and doesn't look like. And I think that is also where it can get sticky because like it's the one hand where you don't want to be self-promoting, but then you also, that does get rewarded sometimes and it can be maddening. You know, the hardest part is when Somebody goes from like, they wrote that really authentic book. And then the second one was kind of like, cause they had to. And then the third one was like, now it's just really feels inauthentic, like self-promoting. And then you meet somebody who has read that third book and you know, it was terrible. <laughs> and that person that you're meeting says, Oh, do you like this? So-and-so author? I just read this book and it changed my life. Changed my life. And you're like, who am I? <laughs> right. Yeah. So even though I know some of maybe the behind the scenes stuff, like yeah. who am I to spit on that message yep. that made an impact in somebody's life? We don't get to say. We don't get we don't get to say. <laughs> and you never know somebody's motives. Mm-mm. You never know. I know for me when I was in college, it was you know in a band and music and all that. And the the big talk was, do you want to be a Christian band that goes and plays in bars? You know, mm-hmm. because we wanted to reach out to people. And so that was the big controversy: is you're going to be a worship band, or you're going to be a Christian band that plays in bars. And I always thought about it like there's. We need both. Like we need people who can lead in worship at a church service and we need people who can inspire people that are far from Jesus. And in the same way, I think we need those big mega books that you can buy at Target 
that will get somebody to kind of take a couple steps. Right. And I think we get really judgy. Mm -hmm. I just need to look in the mirror and go, right. oh, how am I doing that on my own We way? do need to cut each other some mm -hmm. slack. Uh, your, your two bands, you know, you have one. Well, I think that's mm -hmm. wrong. Therefore, the band in the bar shouldn't do that. Oh, yeah. and, or, oh. or the other worship band. It's inferior. And so we, we, it's very easy to stereotype and then to, to narrow what you think someone's doing and to come mm -hmm. to judgmental conclusions on that. And when we do that, I think we're more susceptible to thinking and fearing that people are doing that with us. Mm -hmm. That I know, I mean, I'm not saying this is what it means, but if I judge kind of strictly and I know what's right and wrong and I don't, this, this person's doing this wrong or that group is doing that wrong and I have strong feelings about that, then I'm going to probably guess that everybody's going to have strong feelings about mine too. And I don't like the idea of people feeling about me the way I feel about other people. And therefore, instead of softening how I feel towards other people, I just won't do anything so that no one will feel towards me the way I know I feel towards them. <laughs> I, I can get stuck in my own head like a professional. Yeah, and then you kind of think everybody's the way that you are, but they're really not. But the way to help yourself is if you really give grace and are non-judgmental and, uh, and just do your work yeah, and do your and accept that other people, even if they do something that's different than you, then you would never do. But that's OK. And let them follow their calling. And I'm going to follow my calling. If I do that, the more I do that and the more I have that attitude, the less I think other people are doing that with me or the less I or fear. the less you care. The less, yeah, it's not going to be that big a difference. Yeah. But boy, if I have a rigid, judgmental attitude about other people doing things right and wrong, I'm mm -hmm. going to assume everyone's going to do the same thing with me and I'm going to want to avoid that because I know how strongly and judging I am towards someone. I don't like that, so I won't do anything. So talking about books in Target, yes. it gives me nothing but great joy to see these faith books Absolutely. in Target. Right. I love that. And I don't feel like, well, those are the people that went too far. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Right. Like, there are so many different scenarios that ended up with an awesome faith book in Target. Yeah. That's the only place some people are going to get that. that They're never point. going right. anywhere yeah. else right. except that Target everybody, We have to be everywhere, not Walmart. just in one spot. Yeah, or a billboard, or like, I was actually thinking because most of them are dying, so it wasn't a good example anymore. But like Christian bookstores, like having a mm. cutout of the author, like that kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Like, what is that person doing here? It's not them; it's a picture of them. This is magic. life size, <laughs> right? Like in sync, <laughs> the band. Have you ever had a time when you did something or made some decision with your work, and you look back and you think that was kind of self-promoting? Have you ever had that? I don't think I've thought in terms of self-promoting, but I definitely feel like I've done things that I felt funny about and went through anyway and then regretted it. So I don't know if it was because it was self-promoting or it wasn't my Just personality. Wasn't you, right. And I felt like I needed to do it that way because that's the way, I think that's what I'm most comfortable. And maybe someone would look at that and say that it was. But I that's part of how you learn. You're just going to learn right. that way. That's how you learn. And I think if we all wrote down the people that we thought were being self-promoting, we would all have different answers yeah, because we, different we all answers. see things differently and someone would think that's us and someone would think that's, you know, right. someone else that we think is doing an amazing job. We just all have to do the best we can. But my goodness, the solution is not not to talk about the wonderful thing that you wrote for people. The opposite end of what we've been talking about in the past few minutes, which, which is like sort of looking at other people and thinking that they're self-promoting. I mean, the real issue is so much fear 
that's on the front end of so many writers, especially beginning writers, so much fear. And they say, I just want to write. I just wish I could just write. Um, and they wish that they could put all the other stuff. Like in our Hope Writers Facebook the other day, Dad and I had been in a conversation about how, you know, you don't realize when you start writing that like half of your work is writing, maybe half, if you're lucky. <laughs> and the other half is getting the message out there and doing things you need to do to sort of do the work that you do and get the work out there. And and Dad, you mentioned that on Facebook. And the responses that we got from our Hope Writers was just like gnashing of teeth and despair <laughs> going into the depths it because hurts. it mm-hmm. hurts. It's a real pain point. And which is one reason why we wanted to talk about this, because I don't think it has to hurt as badly mm-hmm. as it does. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be so scary. Still work. It's it's work, but it's it can be work that is light. It doesn't have to be heavy work. But we don't feel um, we don't feel gifted in the areas of all that stuff. Like a lot of us, the reason why you write is because you might not feel comfortable talking <laughs> to people, so you write. And so, but then now you're telling me I have to talk to people and like share this message in a certain way, and that can be a scary thing. Um, but just like anything else, like. We can do this a step at a time. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I started a blog and now I have to get headshots and now I have to be everywhere at once and now I have to do all the things. Like, can we just look at this as anything else in life that I am allowed to be a beginner, that I am allowed to take up space in the world, that I am allowed to have ideas and try them, that I'm allowed to fail and that I can do the marketing thing and the sharing thing the same way I learned to do anything else, that we try something and then we pull back and it doesn't have, I don't have to be an expert at it right at first, which I think where a lot of that fear comes from. It's like, oh, I'm not good at that, therefore throw it out. I think we have a really long memory for ourselves and a short memory for other people. And so you're gonna make a mistake, you're gonna do something stupid. We've talked about stupid things we've done in the past in the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you get super internet marketing cheesy or self-promoting cheesy kind of thing and you're like, oh, I feel so bad. I now know that I made that big mistake. You know what, just fix it and move on. Because most people forget anyway, right. you know, mm-hmm. and you can always make it better. So I, I want to get down on the dumps. I, I was last, it was a, about a year ago, and I saw that we had sent over a million emails. We crossed the million email mark for all the different people that we work with. And so at that particular time, I was on the receiving end of any response to those emails. Okay, so... I have received more, you know, quote unquote. This is in your business. In, your in our business. business, yeah. So with our clients, most mm-hmm. of them are authors and bloggers. So mm-hmm. so I've been on the literally the front end, receiving end of all of the, whatever you want to call it, hate mail, uh, constructive feedback, you know, a joy, everything. The full spectrum of wonderful elation. Thank you for sending that email. It changed my life. And I'm going to buy three of them and give them to my friends to like, who do you think you are? <laughs> and worse. You've okay? seen it all and no one feels I've literally for you. seen it all. It's taught me two things. You know, number one is always think about the person you're trying to serve at the end, at the end of the screen. Cause you just never know what's going on in their life. You just never know what's going on in life. Um, and number two, like you just need a thicker skin, you know, like it's just like, it's road rage. You know, it's like when you're in your car, you're like, you, why did you do that? And you're like shaking your fist at somebody, but then you stop next to them at the light and they look over at you and you're like, oh, never mind. Hey, dude. How you doing? And then you realize like you pull into the same church parking lot and then you get out and you're like, oh, hey, buddy. Mm -hmm. It's awkward. And in the same way, like internet and email, right? 
it can be really the same way. You feel like it's anonymous, but it's real people on the other end. So don't take it so hard. I've had so many tearful conversations with clients who have read one email and somebody said something stupid. Somebody was mean, like a reader was mean to them. Said, who do you think you are for saying I should homeschool my kid or whatever the topic is? And they took it really hard. And I'd say just remember People don't realize how powerful words are. They're the the most powerful weapon, and people forget that sometimes. Yep, our words are powerful. That's why you want to get your words to readers, right? It's not about you and your words. It's about your reader and their needs that your words help. I hope maybe you see a little bit better now about how your writing and marketing are both part of the same spiritual work you're doing to give people hope. You can find more encouragement for your writing life when you go inside Hope Writers for $1 for a week at hopewriters.com slash trial. If you love to write, but you're intimidated, weary, aimless, frustrated, you just want to hear from somebody who's been there, well, there's something for you inside Hope Writers. Be a better writer, help with your marketing and your platform, find your voice and niche, write better blog posts, all kinds of help with your book writing and dreams, and the Hope Writer Facebook group. A great place to ask questions and make friends and to get the encouragement you need to grow your confidence and ditch the anxiety that comes with your writing dreams. It's a whole community of people to journey with. Go inside Hope Writers now for a week for $1. Just go to hopewriters.com slash trial. We'd love to connect with you inside hopewriters.com slash trial. In the next episode of the Hope Writer Podcast, your Hope Writer calling is not just writing, is it? It's a calling to spread hope, to connect, and to do it without sacrificing your life and family. Huh? It's a noble, heavenly calling that plays out in the challenges of time and space and kids and family and jobs. So what is a Hope Writer? That's the next episode. You might be a Hope Writer if on the Hope Writer Podcast. And final words of hope from book marketer Tim Grawl. Marketing is the act of building long-lasting connections with people and then being relentlessly helpful. Thanks for listening.